Hey, hey, on this episode of Samp and Chance Wrestling, we're going to take a quick peek back at last night's Raw. Yeah, we missed the episode last night, but it's the Christmas season, so things happen. Also, we're going to take a look at all the top news that's making headlines this week. So guys and gals, strap in and thank you for letting us into years. Samp and Chance, here we go. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Samp and Chance. I am your host, Bobby Sampson. Joined with me, my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, it's Tuesday. We're just days away from Christmas. Is all your shopping done, my man? No, it's not. Yours? I have not started. So, Gosh, yeah. neither. I've done a little bit, um, but I got to do some more here. I'll probably bust around tomorrow a little bit. Yeah, I'm probably looking at Friday for myself to kind of get out there and do what needs to be done. But based on some of the news articles and stuff that I've read, you know, the malls seem to be pretty dead. People aren't really spending anything this year per se, but, you know, so it should be pretty easy. Yeah. They're promoting Boxing Day sales now already. Yeah, because everybody gets their gift cards. The kids get gift cards and money and they want to go shopping, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, man, we're here to talk about Monday Raw, so let's knock this out so we can get back to the yeah. eggnog and the cookies that are filling up this living room in my home. Uh, as you can tell, I'm in a different location. I have family upstairs. Yeah, me too. Their thing. So you can tell it's the holidays where we've been transplanted and moved about. Uh, Monday Night <laughs> Raw, man. Last Raw before Christmas. I think this is the last show uh, until... Mm, I guess New Year's Day for Raw. New Year's Day, yeah. Right? Uh, we get Which is too bad th- because I, I like I like when they did their Christmas shows. It always has a special feel to it, right? It does. And I get it. They want the week with their families, but I like the way Vinny did it. Like, you know, we're going to do a Christmas show. Yeah. No, I get it. But, I mean, different regimes. Because the NFL playing on Christmas. NBA's playing on Christmas. So, you know what I mean? No, I get it. I get it. But, I mean, for the longest It's the new time, era of, of coddled, coddled wrestlers. There you go. I don't feel because here's why I say that I don't feel bad for them being away for their families on Christmas Day because they're making millions of dollars. That comes with the territory. Now, if you're making what we make, sure, stay home for Christmas. But when you're making millions of dollars, a couple hundred thousand a month, that just comes with the territory. I'm but sorry. How many, how many guys on the on the roster are actually making that much money, though, bro? Oh, well, I think the what the lowest guy probably still makes 100, 200k. A year, maybe. He ain't working nine to five. Yeah, a year. That's still 10K a month, 12K no, more than 90% of people, enough, right? Fair enough, fair enough. And then you're taking merch and this and that. Hey, look, I have yeah, no problem so with like... it, but I can also see that they're trying to put everything into this opening show, and I, and it just kind of works out that January 1st. Yeah, but the Christmas, Monday, you know, they come up with Santa hats. It has a special vibe to it, and they killed, kind of killed that off. So we'll see. Well, I think they kind of killed Santa Claus off for me in wrestling this, this past Monday, but we'll get into it. Show opens up with the Judgment Day coming out as usual. Uh, you know, talking their usual smack, how they run the place, and then our truth music hits. Love our truth. He comes out, mm-hmm. and I thought this was hilarious, man. He basically says, Hey man, that initiation from last week, you know, that kind of hurt. Like he still doesn't get a clue of it all. Yeah. Um, segment basically ends. Him and JD are going to compete in a 34th Street street fight. Winner is kicked out a judgment day. What do you think of the match? Entertaining. Our truth is always fun to watch. I know he's in his early 50s, but he might he looks great. I gotta give the guy that great, great conditioned athlete, and he's funny. And I'm glad he came back. And I thought the match was okay. They're similar size, you know, it was fun. 
went at it. Our truth shirt was funny too. You know, he had all the names of the Judgment Day, then his name at the bottom. So I thought it was great for what it was. What do you think about it? In my notes here, I basically just wrote down one thing about this match. I'm like, I can't believe our truth is in his 50s and he moves the way he does. I mean, amazing. It's just phenomenal to watch him work. And, you know, his comedic work is phenomenal. The match itself was really good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just I, I love the moments out there. The one where he goes out there, our truth goes out there and hugs him and uh, gets thrown into the post. But, I mean, JD put on a good showing as well. I mean, he is a good wrestler. Um, yeah, he is. And, you know, it, that was just like probably the first surprise of the night for me. I mean, I thought overall the show was really fun. Um, you know, just a lot of surprises, a lot of different things going down. Uh, we are in Iowa, which is home of Seth Rollins. So that was really interesting as well. Yeah. But uh, overall, this match ended basically with a power bomb into, you know, was it into a table? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Powerbomb into the table, and that basically was it. Um, these guys actually went um, in a good 20, good 20 minutes here, man. Uh, yeah, it was a decent-sized match, and not often our truth gets that kind of time, so I'm glad that he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was really good. Um, but I, the one thing I didn't like was that, oh, dang face that Dominic had at the end of it. Like, shit, what do we do now? Right? So, yeah. I mean, I, I've been really enjoying him as well all right we go right into a segment with Nia Jax and Becky Lynch Nia is out in the ring she's waiting for Becky to come out but before she can even say a word Becky's rolling out to the ring she hops in Nia jumps out she's walking away and basically she says to Becky like look you know the more you do this the more I realize that I can control this match whenever I want so if you want to fight me we will fight on January the 1st and this was really yep. cool. I thought this was really fun as Becky and guys walking away, mumbling on the microphone. Becky comes, chases her down, gets one punched. I loved how Becky sold that. So, you know, good build up to that match. But these two, considering everything that they've gone through and how much they've helped each, well, I mean, helped each other's career in essence, they're finally going to touch for the first time in 2024. Can you believe that? They've never had a match before. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes that's a good thing because now it's always good to see things for the first time, right? So maybe it's a good thing they didn't have a match that makes that kickoff show of the new year even a little bit more uh, special. So it should yeah. be fun. No, so it should be pretty fun match there. Um, what do we have next here? Uh, Bear with me. What was the next match here? I have notes all over. I the can't remember the order. Here. Yeah, no, it doesn't no, matter. Just just yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have this. The one thing that I really liked about their interaction was that Becky said something, you know, besides your cousin and myself, we're the reasons you are where you are in your career. What did you think of that comment? Line. I like it. A little bit of yeah. truth to that. It's a good line. There you go. All right. So we get a Kofi Claus segment. He was out before the show started handing out T-shirts and stuff. They show him in the back, and uh, he's giving out T-shirts to everyone there. We get a Miss segment, which is basically just you know promoting the match that's upcoming here, and we go right into it. Gunther versus Miz. Miz loses. He doesn't get another title shot at the U.S. title until um, until Gunther loses this thing. So, wow, what a solid match. Yeah, it was a good match. You knew Miz wasn't going to win that. It's just yeah. too obvious, but they put out good work and they got good chemistry and they're both pros and 
Gunther's an up and comer, man. Like I said, he he'll get the heavyweight strap one of these days in the next couple of years. He's really good. He needs a lot of bit. He needs some mic work though. He's got a good look and he's a great worker, but he's a little bit improved on his promos, absolutely for sure. But that'll come. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, everything will come in good time. I like the fact that Gunther sold the hand as much as he did. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, when he punched him in the face or used it as a clothesline, he sold it. Like he did a really good job. Miz is really good at selling as well. So I mean, you had two oh, yeah. in here working really good. All right, Miz so- is a pro. He knows how to put in a good match. Well, I mean, that skull-crushing finale from the second rope, if that wasn't going to do it for him, you know, to, to win the title, then he knew it, it was a done deal. The only thing I didn't like about the match is how quickly it ended and how easy, you know what I mean? Like, Miz had been kicking out his stuff and things like that, but just to kind of lose it the way he did, Gunther locks up the Miz, power bombs him, he lifts Miz again, uh, ripcord clothesline, lifts Miz again, and another power bomb. One, two, three. Like, I get it. You get the power moves in succession. But this whole match was built on those kind of moves, right? And just to kind of end it, yeah. I'd rather it end in a small package or something quick that sells more shock opposed to, you know, being beaten by the same moves that you kicked out of earlier. That's wrestling for you nowadays. A lot of stuff they do doesn't make a lot of sense. It's more just for a quick entertainment. But I hear what you say. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So after that match... We get to and those those guys went 21 minutes, man. Uh Creed Brothers video package talking about all the stuff that they've done out here. These guys seem to be the new guys to save everyone when they're getting attacked, eh? They're getting a pretty good push. They're they're good talent, so I'm glad to see it. Yeah, yeah. So Gunther's backstage, he can congratulate the crew, but Gunther's up like uh, Giovanni, sorry, and um and the other fellow. Yeah, Ludwig Kaiser, sorry. They come out, they congratulate, you know, they congratulate Gunther. Gunther says, look, what the hell have you guys done all year? I'm the only one yeah, who's doing anything right. here. You guys that's are right. Just, right. So he goes, I'm going on holiday for three weeks. I'll be back. At that time, you you better set up and show us what you got to going on. Kofi Claus shows up, gives them a bunch of calls. That didn't go over very well for them. Um, he wasn't happy with that as well. So, yeah, we, we go into that. And uh, where are we here? We go straight into the tag team match after that. So these guys, oh, sorry, pardon me. I've gone too far. Um, my computer's acting weird today, brother. Okay. You don't have to go in order, man. It just, just doesn't matter. Okay. So backstage, we, we, we get Tazala looking for a match, and it looks like he's going to be fighting Ivar later on tonight. But hey, before we get to there, they're going straight into another title match. The women's titles are on the line. Chelsea, Green, and Piper Nevin against Caden Carton and Katana Chance. Uh, straightforward match, man. Some good moves there. I, I think they're, they've... Uh, well, bottom line is basically Katana Chance. Katana and Chance are your new tag team champions, man. Um, I think they're going to gear up Chelsea for a big singles push now. So I think Seems that's that part of it. But I think they made the right choice here. I think having them as tag team champs is better because, like we've talked about in the past, man, they look like a tag team. They do. I like that. They look cohesive, and I'm glad. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad they're getting a push because, yeah, they look like a tag team. Most tag teams don't look like tag team nowadays, but there's a few that still do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, so you got some good selling there as well. I like that one spot in particular that really stands out of my mind is when Chelsea was on the mat. 
Piper goes in to do a splash on the other one, but she misses and hits Chelsea. I mean, that didn't cost them the match, but I thought that was a really cool segment right there. Uh, set up a little bit of dissension as the story moves forward. But from what I'm hearing, maybe not now till WrestleMania, but after WrestleMania time, she, this girl's probably going to get a really big push. Good for a good Canadian girl, man. She's worked hard. Yeah, we'll see what she can do with it. A lot of guys, a lot of people, men and women get pushes. They don't, they fail, but hopefully she doesn't. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll find see. out. You never know until they get a chance to, right? Yep. So, okay, we get right into it. Akira Tazala against Ivar Squish match. Next one. Don't even know why they put that on Raw. That, that to me, is like a, uh, just a filler. And that's a problem with Raw being three hours. I get why it's three hours of sponsors, but like those, those two guys are coming out. I mean, yeah. it's just a filler. No, I get it. I get it. All right. I hate to say that, but it's but but fillers are fillers, man. We see it on the yeah, we see it in every scene, right? Yeah, yeah. When we go to the fights here, fillers. Too many, way too many fillers there. In fact, you went to a boxing show, um, some random boxing. Yeah, they're sparring. Yeah, yeah. Fillers, right? So I mean, I've never seen that before. Well, you can put fillers in everything now that we know. I know it's yeah. All right. But at WWE's level, though, you figure they're better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Seth is out, and he is happy to be home, and he's talking about this and that, and Drew's music hits. This was a great interaction. Over It was. I, I think you brought up the word Seth, because I've been thinking about saying this for a while. I forgot last show. Yeah, I like his talent and stuff, but that laugh is so fake and so phony that that's the one thing that annoys me about Seth, and that's what I think... He's not as popular as he could be because that's he, he, the way he dresses, like he dresses like Tina Turner, uh, Liberace, Elton John. All dressed in one. Laugh. Yeah, yeah, all dressed in one. The fake laugh. And when you see a guy like Ric Flair or Randy Orton, it's kind of you get what you get. They they dress like that, but you see them out, they dress like that. Seth Rollins don't dress like that when he goes out. And I get he's playing a character, but I think it's a little. It's a little over the top, and it doesn't come off as genuine and real all the time because that laugh is so fake. It's like I understand in wrestling, you amplify everything and turn it up, but like the best characters when you're an extension of yourself, and that's not the real Seth Rollins dressing and okay. faking that laugh. That laugh is horrible. That laugh is the last piece of the old Seth Rollins character, correct? So the, that was intended to be annoying, and everything that you said. He needs to get rid of the laugh. I agree with you completely because it doesn't oh. fit the the character that he no. was before, which it did, right? That set him apart with that laugh when he was the Messiah, when he was mm-hmm. doing all those things. So that's the last part of him that still exists of that old character. But this interaction that they had was really, really cool. Drew comes it out, was. right? Says to him, hey, man, I don't forget. I didn't forget what you did a couple of weeks ago to me, blah, blah, blah. Drew said, look, I'm not here to fight. I'm just here to talk. I'm really proud of you because no one else in that locker room has stood up and said what you did about Punk the way you have. I respect that. They go on to talk about, and he uses Becky, his wife, as an example, that we have sacrificed everything to come here to achieve this dream, you know, leaving our families behind and this and that, missing funerals, missing birthdays. And yeah, that's that's a common a common story for a lot of the international talent. But if you love something and you want it bad enough, you're willing to make those sacrifices. But I understand where Especially he's Especially when you're paid how they're paid. That's the thing, right? Well, you don't feel bad for them when they're paid like that. No, no, no. But I mean, just from a human perspective, I can understand it, right? But I mean, yeah. that's where you draw your energy from. Like, you know, we, we 
I could say we've sacrificed some things to bring this program onto the air. It might it may not be yeah, yeah, absolutely. It may not be huge sacrifices, but it's a sacrifice nonetheless that you hope will give us something in the long run that we could say this sacrifice was justified, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I for me, for me personally, 2023, 2023 was a year of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Look at me. <laughs> so you know, from yeah. from all angles. We can only well, every time we every time we study for boxing or for wrestling or we message somebody for an interview or we go to a local fight or we get on a plane and go to the fights or all that stuff is all a sacrifice. And um, yeah, it just comes with the territory, right? It's just sacrificing little things like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I can't, it all adds up. I can't, I, I'm going to have to miss your game because I have to go do this. Right. I exactly. do it that way, but there being maybe four times it happens. Here, I had to do it that time because this was really important. But hey, guys, yeah. it's it's it is what it is. We're going to continue bringing you guys the best content and whatnot. So let's continue yeah. with that. Jay Uzer, Jay Uso against Ludwig Kaiser is up next. Now this match came about because, as I mentioned, Kofi Claus had come out again, but because of the disrespect that he showed Imperium, they came out, beat him up. Jay Uso out for the save. More of a generic role for Jay this week. I guess really not much going on there. Uh, he's got his yeet and everything, but that sets up a match between him and Kaiser. Um, back to this match. Uh, Kaiser with... No, sorry. Uh, here comes here comes the end to the match. Here comes Kofi to hit the Trouble in Paradise on Vinci. Kaiser is distracted. Jay with the spear. Jay off the top rope. Splash, one, two, three. So... They beat him up pretty bad. Uh, that I'm talking about Kofi. Left him on their side of the ring for most of the night. Jay Ludwig, great match. Uh, great spots. Really good storytelling here. Um, but ultimately, distraction. My one problem them. with the Usos is like, I don't really enjoy watching their work. Because all they do is super kick. Super kick, super kick, super kick. And it, and it, it numbs it down. It dumbs it down. And it seems every move the Usos do is a move that somebody else is. And I get it. Wrestling, you all do body slams and powders. But have they created a move that's only theirs, unique to them? Like, you know, Triple H had the pedigree and guys have certain moves. And I know that you steal it and you add it. But what is their move? Because all I can do is super kick and spear. Like, I'm not a fan of the Usos. I don't. I think they're overrated. I think it's just, I think they're mid-carters at best. I'm not sure why coming out of the tag team realm, they're getting all this big push for main events because I just don't see it in them. They've been the there a they long time. The to be fair, they've been there longer than Seth Rollins. They've been there longer than Roman I get it, but because, No, because, no, no. I know what you're saying. So is our truth. Saying. Just because you've been there long doesn't mean you, you deserve it. They they had right? some... Uh, to a certain extent, yeah, I agree. But they, they've had some crazy programs in the past with, with, with you know, uh, the New Day. Uh, you know, that they have tag stuff. teams, but I don't see them as right. individual stars at all. You can't even tell them apart. Yeah, no, maybe that's why they put one on Raw, one on SmackDown, one has short yeah, hair. Yeah, but if you stand, like, hair, right? I can never tell which one is Jay or Jimmy half the time, right? And they they yeah. wrestle the same, they look the same. It's just just not a huge fan of what they do. Fair enough, man. I think they're tag team wrestlers at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. All right, let's go right into it. This is the main event of Raw. You have the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest going up against uh the creed brothers who are getting their first taste of a title shot here on monday night raw um these guys are great i can't wait to see these guys oh, yeah play. i like the creed brothers right the creed brothers are really cool they move fast so at, as we go back to the point i'm saying about Uso, look at that one move buddy does he runs jumps over the top rope and does a cannonball 
I don't know. Maybe he caught that off the Indies where he got that or he stole it, but that's a wicked move. And uh, they, they stand out. They're creative, right? Yeah, it's flawless. I mean, that's what I loved about that move is just the way he oh, did yeah. it. It looks cool, so dude. easy, right? I mean, it's like he's tumbling in midair. Like, and, and with yeah, his size, he's a big boy. Um, you know, yeah, so, yeah. you know, but they did hit their finisher uh, at near the end there. I mean, they, they got close a few times, man. I'll give them that. I mean, I, I think Finn and Damien did a great job as well. I think all four guys did a great mm. job. Uh, they really had a good time. But the end here comes when Brutus trips Finn up. Julius drops under. Priest gets him to the shoulders. Brutus ball cover one, two. So, I mean, he kicks out of their finisher. And uh, Finn with the stomp to the back, Priest with the south of heaven, choke slam to Julius, cover one, two, three. Another example of a chintzy move. At that point, I want you to do the razor's edge to keep your title. Yeah, uh, the right team won. Creed Brothers was too young to have the belts. No, yeah, no, no, it was a good main event, but yeah, I, I have no I agree with you with the finish. I have no problem with Judgment Day winning. They're, they're, they that wasn't their title to have yet, yet, no. Right, but the reality of it was just to beat them with with that move in particular. In my opinion, when you have the razor's edge and you have this and that, do something else. That's all I'm saying. I totally agree with you. Right? Yeah. Like, make it look strong because the creeds are strong. Now, it, I'm not saying that people will walk away with that perception that I'm bringing forth to you, but that's just the way I see it. Right? I mean, you got to keep I see that, it that way too. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep that tag team strong. So by beating him with the chintzy looking kind of choke slam kind of move, no, yeah. right? Add a couple 30 seconds to it. In my opinion, Razor's Edge, you brought him down, coup de gras to finish it, one, two, three. Totally agree with you. Yeah, they gotta, you're gonna beat the Creed brothers, you gotta, you gotta finish them strong. Like with a powerful move or something to make them stay down. Not yeah. a little, like you said, a half ass choke slam, keeping those big strong guys like that down. I don't get that. No, 100%, 100%. All right, brother man, I tell you what, why don't we wrap it up here? Uh, I, th I think we both have some duties to attend to. I don't think we can sacrifice not picking up our children. So why don't we uh, wrap this puppy up here? Oh, this one is, funny, one thing I was yeah. going to bring up, I was uh, I was seeing what Tony Schiavone was saying. He was saying before he went to AEW that Vinnie Mac wanted him to come there to WWE but maybe not let him commentate just to steal him so he wouldn't go to AEW. I'm not sure why, because they were facilitating this deal through their mutual friend, Bruce Pritchard, but I'm not sure why Vinny didn't lock him down. It would have been a breath of fresh air to have Tony on Raw or SmackDown and to be a shock value because he was the competitor. He was the guy, you know, releasing the, you know, Mick Foley this, don't watch it. He puts butts in the seats. So it would have been cool to have Shivani um, come to Raw or SmackDown and get Michael Cole off because listen to Michael Cole and Raw and SmackDown all the time. It is brutal. It's too much. You need to got to they got to do thing with their commentating. AEW, I say it all the time. They they beat them there. So hopefully they give Michael Cole some relief and uh, get somebody else out there. Well, that's what they do, man. Uh, we have our year in review show coming up next week too. So best wrestler, be best show. female wrestler, back tag team, best match, best moment, biggest news story. We're gonna cover it all. Commentator of the year, we should throw that one out there too. We did last year. We did, did. We commentator of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You picked AW. Um, no, but I meant comment person, commentator, person of the year, like the guy that stands with the most or woman. Well, I tell you what, brother man, let's uh get together after the show. We'll make up our list and decide what the categories mm -hmm. are, and uh, maybe we'll post them up there, and then the fans can add their comments and let us know what they think as well. Uh, we'll post yeah. that. Actually, I think that's a good idea. I just came up with that idea right now. What do you think? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, let's do it. I like it. All right, all right. All right, Brother Matt. The day is here. Let's end this puppy up and get on with our move. So this is the last wrestling show of the year. We have our boxing one coming up on Thursday. So we that's our last show before Christmas. But if you're only listening to this show, thank you. Thank you for all your support. And guys, have a very, very Merry Christmas. And we will see you we guys. Got one more thing to do, everybody. We gotta we gotta throw you a top five list. And I had a different Bro. top five list because right. we always talk about commentating. We gotta yeah. throw this out there. And I know I've asked you this before, but it's been a couple of years, maybe a year and a half. So we're gonna get your updated list, your top five favorite commentators of all time. It can be broadcast, journalist, play by play, whatever. Wrestling, right? Yeah, all well, wrestling, yeah. Okay. Uh had to clarify. Uh for me, obviously it's it's always gonna be Gorilla Monsoon, number one, for me. Uh, yeah. Reason being is just that was the voice of my childhood, him and Bobby Heenan, or him and Gordon, or, you know, the whoever he was working with, Gordon Alfred Hayes. Um, right? So, okay, so Gorilla? Gorilla's number one for me. Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, two and three, because that was the formative years of wrestling, so to speak. Um, I know you're not going to agree with me, but I, I like Wade Barrett. I mean, from a from a modern Ooh. standpoint, I, I I enjoy Wade Barrett. I I just I think it's something to do with the British commentating style. I and like Wade Barrett too, just not yeah. when he's commentating. Fair play. Uh, but no, okay, I, let's go. So one more. Right, and I like his voice. And to be honest, I, I'm going to go on the limb here, and I like Excalibur. I mean, if WWE mm-hmm. should bring anyone in, I would like to bring him in because that dude has the voice. He 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 is a younger version of a Jim Ross slash. Tony Schiavone sort of a deal. Like he's in a way, yeah. I think he's the best of both of them. He's combined his style that he's he he brings out both of them in his style. Um, you know, I do believe Excalibur. My only knock on him, and I don't like the mask. I get it, it's a gimmick. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, he needs to get that. They won't I, let him do that WWE. He'll be taking that off. Yeah, I don't think he needs it. I think that that's my top five. Yeah, that's good for me. Um, yeah, obviously Gorilla. I'm not going in any order here, but Gorilla, Bobby the Brain. Lord Alfred Hayes. I like the English accent too, but Lord style. I don't like Barrett style. I don't like that rough gruff. I don't think that's needed. But anyways, that's me. Um, Tony Schiavone. Um, and then uh, Jim Ross. I never was a big fan of Jerry the King Lola. I don't know why. He's great. It's just something about his voice, but I'm not knocking him, but those are my guys. And a shout out to Jesse Ventura. One of the best, one yeah. of the best too. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. No, for sure. I, 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 said, I said Jerry because I think Jerry and the King just had that chemistry, right? You mean Jerry and Jim Ross, yeah. Jerry, Jerry, sorry, Jerry and Jim Ross, right? They just had yeah, they did. That, that element that worked together. Um, but, but I think yeah. the greatest, I think, is Gorilla and Bobby, man. And Bobby, Bobby doesn't get enough credit. He was brilliant in WCW, no, too. You know Shadon, what? You know? When I threw in Gorilla, I, I meant to include Bobby in there with him. I mean, no, he good. did great work with him and Shivani, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby's brilliant. Right? All right. All right, brother, man. Let's right, man. this up. Let's try this one more time. All right? So, everybody... If you're not coming back for the boxing show, Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope everyone has a wonderful holidays. So from Samp and Chance, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. I'm Bobby Sampson. He's Mr. Chance Michaels. In the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. And we also salute the man that you're wearing on your shirt. Mr. Keith Richards turns 80 today. Amazing. Guy can still play. July 5th. These guys are 80 years old. They're coming to BC Place. How many guys in their 80s 
can sell out BC place, let alone out rock guys in our age. Unbelievable. I want to go to that show just to see 70 year old guys in the mosh pit. Well, I'll tell you one thing right now, dude, you'll see, I think the average in that crowd would probably be 30 to 50. Easy. Uh, yeah. no, 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 the thing no, is Mick Jagger he can run around for two and a half hours the guy's on he's you know what? Machine. I, I, I think the average age I'm going to correct you I think the average age will be between 30 and 60 yeah there'll be some older people there too that'd be a good mix right I mean with all due respect this is age, it. they're not coming they're not coming back to BC again to, like this I is said it. with all due yeah. respect age catches everyone right oh yeah yeah so we, we just hope for the best so yeah I'd love to go to the check out that show alright brother man yeah have a great, great weekend or, or rest of your week until I speak to you on Thursday. And uh, we will see everybody next week. Sap and Chance, out. <laughs>